This is the Rich Eisen Show. Get ready live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Cowboys have a better quarterback. You're trolling. <laughs> How many MVPs has that guy won? Rodgers had an off year I'll for an MVP quarterback. I'll take the 30-year-old guy over the 40-year-old guy. Oh, really? Would you have said that when Brady was there? Earlier on the show, host of Nothing Personal Podcast, David Sampson. Coming up, editorial director Kevin Van Valkenburg. Plus, your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. You know what? We should have a rule hear that you don't talk about no hitters or perfect games and stuff like that or uh, you know because I we, we do speak things into existence here on the program in many different ways that's why res consulting exists because we come up with ideas and they happen um we came on the air uh talking about christopher eubanks the 27 year old uh american that um shocked the world by advancing to the quarterfinals and we came on the air and he was up um a couple sets uh, two sets to one on uh, Daniil Medvedev the third ranked player in the world and he was competitive in the fourth set and we're like we'll keep an eye on it and then I do believe he dropped Eight of the next ten games, I believe, um, lost the fourth set in a tiebreak and then got steamrolled in the fifth set. Yeah, six so we apologize to Christopher Eubanks and his family and everyone who roots for him. Uh, our bad. We talked about it, Jim, before it actually happened. Did we? Did we jinx him? Do we? Because you know we talk about a Rich Eisen show bump. Well, here's a, here's for the deal. our guests. We certainly aren't the only ones watching, and we were certainly weren't the only ones pulling for okay, him. Okay, got it. So Feel we probably better? weren't the only ones talking no. about it. Everyone on Twitter was talking about I it. They had better. Eubanks mania, so it wasn't just us. We were right. not the mush. But it is disappointing we were not to see the mush. him go out like okay. that. Okay, thank yeah. you very much. Great run, though. We the coolers the of the Rich Eisen show yeah. are off the hook. We the best run an American male has had in quite some time at yep. Wimbledon. So this is fantastic for him. And very hopefully good. his stars on the rise heading into the U.S. Open next month. Fantastic. So... It's still um, Alcaraz's world, right? Still correct. Well, him and I mean, if they if him and Medvedev can meet in the final, that would be that'd be great. That'd be pretty awesome. That'd be a lot of fun, right? Unless they're playing in the semis, I'm not sure. I'm wondering could could I get a single point off of Carlos Alcaraz? (laughs) You mean a point? No, a. Point. So he Would wins six zero six zero six zero, but you just get one point. Like one of the games is yes. forty fifteen at once at, at one point. One point. Hey, let me just say this: when I ran a forty oh, with Usain Bolt, oh, man. there is a photograph of the two of us just getting out of our start. Yeah. And in that moment in time, I was stride for stride with Usain Bolt. Well, Rich, there is a well, photograph yeah. on planet Earth where I was for a split second stride for stride with the fastest man so on planet the, Earth. So was the last horse at the Kentucky Derby, but <laughs> Usain Bolt yes. notoriously with, slow yes. starter. So, you know, and I'm a notoriously slow finisher. <laughs> you get out of the gate fast. Correct. You saying gets out a little slow traditionally in big races. So I'm just saying, would I lace it up? Even just so Alcaraz one serve, he tries to go real, you know, his usual. And it it uh, it hits the top of the net 
and bounces out of the, oh. s- the service box. Sure. Oh, so now he's on a second serve. So you're saying he double faults and that's how you get a point? A s- no. No, no, no. No, I'd, ha- I'd have to gain the point myself. Okay. So I'm saying now, I, I'm assuming I'd have a better chance on his second serve, although he could spin it into the point where I'd have to hit it above my shoulder to return it. It's possible. I- I'm going to say with all these scenarios that you're concocting, One the answer point. is no. There's no way. He'd be able connect. to get three sets on me. If, a, if an earthquake happened to happen, right as his backswing was in, and the ball kind of tipped Or he net. does hit his usual serve, right? But it's a little slow. And no, it's still, <laughs> and it doesn't knock the racket out of my hand. Yes. And I'm able to somehow after. Connect. Hold on. After 50 aces <laughs> in the first <laughs> eight games. And the sun gets in his eye. Okay. Yeah. It's now, it's <laughs> now, two, it's, it's now two love second set. He's already won the first set 6-0 and an immaculate set where he didn't lose a point. Mm-hmm. Okay. That seems I've doable. now finally, finally, okay. Timed his serve. <laughs> You've timed How can you count that quick? Oh, I've now finally clocked it <laughs> to connect like the jugs and return it in the uh, uh-huh. baseball. Sufficiently enough, because I don't believe I'm going to win a point if we're rallying. There's okay. no rally. A rally would yeah. be There's I no return rally. it. A back and forth. Yeah. And then <laughs> I return it again after he. Right. An exchange. Hits, an exchange. A rally. Of forehands. Correct. <laughs> Definitely not a backhand. Please. Although sometimes my backhand is better. Rich, it depends I, on what day it is. If I woke up dangerous or not. Alcaraz so, is in a 125 mile an hour. So I'm saying, zone. could I get one? I, one point off of him. And I've been, I've been improving. I, you, I know you've been practicing. Oh, by the way, Timothy Oliphant, who's on the show next week, he is actually a terrific tennis player. Yes. And the last time he was on, I told him, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing really well. And then I, I, I made a motion with my hand as if I was shutting a door, and he made it funny. He, he started laughing, made fun of me, because you, know, you have to brush the tennis ball. You have to brush it, which now I understand. I have now taken enough lessons and played enough. I get it. Low to high. You know, got to brush. Top spin. So you're um, saying I could not get a single point? I would say it's yeah, 125. Could I, unlikely. Could I, if I spot up in an NBA game, could I make one shot how, from how far away? Uh, a three-point range. I had no chance. No, no, I couldn't no. make a three. No, come no. on. No, I'm spotting up. You know I, how you know how defense is set. I think you have a better chance of making a three than a layup. Oh, I'm not making a layup. That's no chance. Because that, that I wouldn't means even you're going to drive on somebody. Please. They're going to. They're going to toss you. A three, at least, you might be camped out there dolo. I saw Durant at a local establishment here uh, two nights ago. Oh, did you ask him this? I didn't have the temerity. (laughs) Hey, Katie, can I score in a game? (laughs) But Uh, you know the defense is sagging off me. Okay, you know that. Yes, you're getting the uh, Draymond treatment. Correct, and I just want everyone to understand I would do the Patrick Ewing thing, which is wear a T-shirt underneath the jersey. That was fashion. Right. No I'm not chance. just. I'm not wearing a. Je- I, but I'm going baggy shorts because I'm a Michigan guy. That's how you do. Okay. Black socks, black shoes. I always go baggy shorts. Black socks, black, black shoes. Black t- right, right down the middle. Right down the middle. Black- scoring a goal in a hockey game is no more way. likely. No way. I, you, you see me skate. Yeah, I can skate. I've lost weight. 
put me on skates now, I, I would skate a lot better. So I have a better in chance. In a national hockey one league. One-on-one -on -one with the goalie? Yeah, because all you can do is have to so, deke okay, the goalie. Okay. So yeah, we're in overtime. That's easy. We're in overtime. We've gone <laughs> through three-on-threes. Okay. got to deke the goalie. Still nobody's lit the lamp. In regular season, National Hockey League action. It is now time to send the fans home with the most exciting <laughs> moments you can have in a regular season game in, in the, the NHL shot. now is, is penalty shots. Yeah, love it. A team decides to put you out there. Okay? I'm you gonna, are oh, in, you're in a sweater, and you're in, you know, which is what you call a jersey in hockey. you got the whole thing on. You would be able, one-on-one. -on -one, Today. The soccer, I definitely could. The uh, soccer. No, soccer. stop, stop. No, no, stop. Don't change the subject. Don't change the subject. You would be able It'd be easier. to I just score said it would a be goal. easier for me to do that than That's for you. That's not what you said, though. I did. It's exactly what I said. And for Rich to score a point the, against. For Rich to score a point. It'd against be easier for me to score because all the, the goalie goes away. I would away. be able to score a point. By the way, is I don't know if this is the dumbest Argument in the history of this program, or it's not definitely not. I would be able to get a point off of Carlos Alc. Excuse three, me. Times, I would be times. able to get a point off of the number one tennis player in the world, Carlos Alcaraz. I'd be able to get that before you score on a National Hockey League goalie on skates, on on an on, on an ice, in a penalty shot situation. I really, think, I, I think that yeah, definitely in soccer. If the if the goalie goes the wrong way, soccer, you got to go. I saw you like try soccer, to score on, I, on I, the I Rich Eisen show I did it against two guys, yeah, and I scored four goals. Like, and, and the way you were kicking was like Mark Mosley yeah. kicked field goals By back way, in the eighties. Like I didn't straight get any, I went out, Very little warm up. Boom! Give me a little warm ups. Boom! Mike, you I saw you swing a wiffle ball bat on video I yesterday. You're not making a rotator cuff. Now hold on a second. In all seriousness. You got to be honest here. Yeah, go ahead. I, you, you were swearing you were honest here. Yes. Well, okay. okay. Yeah, look were you thinking this as you were working the faders on the Gold Cup penalty kick moments of uh, the weekend? I actually thought about When I heard that ball hit the crossbar and the United States beat Canada in advance and you were so proud of how it sounded, during that entire venture were you thinking, I could score here? Yes or no? There's no question. I always think about. I think about that all the time. I did it against these guys. <laughs> these guys, Mike, <laughs> they're not in the gold I've cup. Never played the only soccer. Coach no. They have used what they wore the in high so school the over so their groins. In, in, the, in a soccer match, which I've done a thousand of them in the last three or four years. Yes, it's all where the goalie goes, and that's if you what guess makes right. It. And if you guess right, yes. And I've had I've heard John and Stu talk about it all the time. The Turner is amazing at that. He guessed, and the goalie guesses. You've seen those guys in those shootouts. It's that's kind of, and I say this a little more. It's skill with luck. This is the. I'm sure there are people out there listening, watching right now. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Like, what is the silliest <laughs> supposition or argument? No, Brockman, not you think, or you've Brockman, heard, or even a friend has told you. I could absolutely do that. I'll even say that he could probably playing basketball as long as he's played basketball. He'd probably make a shot against. I don't know, man. I think he would. He didn't think he These could. These guys are if so you're fast on, and you're... so long at closing out. But if you're we would open... get blocked every time. I, I'm, I think I'm you guys telling... don't understand how athletic these NBA players are. I know that. Are. Come on. <laughs> I mean, we know that, but I'm saying. Well, you, you clearly do wide open. Oh, no. I mean. Closed out on Miller and blocked his three. Yeah. 
We would never get a shot yeah, off. Yeah, but he's seven. I'm not saying I could get a shot off over Victor Wembanyama. Well, what if he's but, on the court? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No. So but if I'm, spotting up, like for, if I'm but, spotting up for three, and you say, Victor and you know Wimbanyana the defense is sagging on me like I'm Russell Westbrook on a night I'm already one for 19. But also how just how long it would take amateurs like us to to get our motion and it would get blocked every time. Oh, I'm, I'm, I've got a quick trigger. <laughs> What's up? Oh, no, I've got a quick trigger. What's up? Were you guys drinking before I got here? Uh, you know. right, average, hey, average Eisen show right now, vote. I might look like Spice Adams. What's more likely, trigger. Del Tufo can score a penalty shot or Rich get a point against Alcaraz? Vote right now. Or call us with I your crazy. absolutely yeah, get a point off of the number one tennis player in the world when compared to his ability to light the lamp on an NHL goalie that he's one-on-one against. Mike's making it seem like here. it's so easy to no, score I'm on a goalie. No, I'm not saying it's you easy You did say it was easy. I said it would be more likely. I've <laughs> seen Del Tufo skate, Mike. We did the thing I with skate, the Kings. And I hadn't been on skates in like 25 years. It was impressive. If you gave me I like a couple skate. weeks of skating, boom. A couple weeks of skating, boom. Feller's probably laughing his... Because yeah, you have an actual hockey player. Because you actually played hockey. Here's a question for you, Ben. You're in the batter's box. Otani's on the mound. Not he throws chance. you 100 pitches. Can you put one in pitch play? in play? Uh, are they all fastballs? Right, it's whatever he feels like throwing you. I no, don't know. No chance. You go 0 for 100. Yeah. You're, you'd be lucky to foul tip one. I'll say this. A you few months ago, I was at a birthday that. party at Dodger Stadium, and we were lucky enough to get on the field, and we stepped in the batting cage and took batting practice. There's a guy just throwing softballs to us, basically. Yeah. And... and I connected on pretty much every pitch, yeah. but I'm like thinking I'm just like my just like swinging for the fences. I put one ball over the infield dirt, and I connected on almost every like literally the pitches didn't even get past the grass. The grass, like that's how hard. It is. And that guy was just like, "Here you go." You couldn't. Here you go. You couldn't put one ball in play against Otani for 100 pitches. You really? I, 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 I go digging in. I'm going with you. Chris. One ball in play. You, one. you couldn't even tap one down. You couldn't even. Can I bunt? No. No. <laughs> I played baseball for 18 years. You may not bunt. It would be very difficult. You may not bunt. You'd foul tip one. In the same you way, could, I could not. Maybe. I, it would I think not count if Alcaraz double faulted. That I think would it'd not be count as my if point. I foul tipped one. Yeah, I mean, he's throwing 100 miles an hour. You want you a common person standing in the batter's box? You'd never see the ball. Okay. Yeah, like I said. You remember that? Remember the uh, our, our uh, the, the uh, actor Michael Vartan came on this program, mm-hmm. and I believe he once told me and a couple of friends that he would be able to score from the ten yard line on Jerome Bettis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jerome switching positions. That or he'd be able to outrun. And get in from the 10-yard. If it was just him against Jerome Bettis, he would be able to get in. the. And we were like, that's not happening. I believe that's what it was. Regular, I, regular folk who are just sort of athletic have such delusions about what actual pro athletes right. and how insanely yes, athletic correct. they are. It's not, yeah. Like this morning, like right? Getting I'm, in from the 10-yard line. Like, yeah. what? You're crazy. That he'd be able yeah. to outrun him. That it, or or juke him once and then get around get him. Around. Yeah, and who once is, and once he's out the I, gate, there's nobody to stop him. Who's the biggest player in the NFL? Like, right we, now, no nobody could outrun Vince Wilfork to the goal line. Like, that's how crazy athletic guys. these guys are. So, 
I guess, take Rich, the largest when, offensive line. When, when they do the 40 simulcast. I know. Okay? I know that. 350-pound guys, you're not outrunning. I was watching Good Morning Football well, this I'm morning. because I'm in my suit, Chris. Thomas Davis was on, <laughs> and he was talking about the first time he saw Julius Peppers. And he's like, now this is Thomas Davis, a 16-year-old, a 16-year pro, Who's like, I looked at Julius Peppers, who is 6'7 and 290 pounds, and he's faster than our DBs. Marshall Falk. We got to get Marshall back on here. Marshall tells a story about the first time he ever went to Buffalo, Mm -hmm. okay, in the old stadium, the old Rich Stadium. I think that's what it's called, right, uh, Hoskins? Rich Stadium? Yeah, yeah. And and it was you know the turf the old artificial turf oh, that was yeah. crowned concrete. it was yeah. crowned it was concrete crown, yeah. and it was so crowned? you would, and and yeah so you know it was like crown yeah you know like a, you know and, and it was really elevated. crowned and so he would be standing on the opposite sideline and Bruce Smith would be coming out oh, of the God. tunnel as he said all greased oh, up yeah. and then because it's the turf it was you'd see the the, the smoke heat the heat coming off, off the yeah. turf oh. and and the smoke coming out of his mouth and Marshall Falk future Hall of Famer would be like, oh, yes. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. like you would just see Bruce yeah. Smith yeah. coming out of the tunnel, like all ready to go, breathing and smoke, his- and then the heat coming off of the turf that was domed, and so you didn't even see his full body, just only it's the top head. half of him, oh. like just ready to go, and the crowd going nuts, and you'd just be like, oh, oh no. No. I'm gonna have to get hit by that guy. Yeah, and hey, bro, when we go, when you know, when we went to Canton and we'd sit there and we'd yeah, see these guys, even as older Mel Blunt men, keeps going. Yeah, yeah exactly. even as older men, they Mel walk Blunt. by and you're just like, yeah. oh my. Mel Blunt, like, nope, guys, I'm no, telling no, you. No, oh, no, oh well, no. the, and do you remember we we saw Jonathan Ogden? We have a picture. He with doesn't him. end. He does not stop. He keeps going. And same thing with Mel Blunt. And then he put then he puts a cowboy hat on. And it goes even <laughs> further. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, when we come back, what did happen on Capitol Hill yesterday when the United States Senate looked into the Live Tour and uh, PGA Tour agreement? Kevin Van Valkenburg of No Laying Up will join us to make heads or tails of that. That's next. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH. We'll take your calls as well. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. 
That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back here on the program, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Uh, if you're on hold, stay on hold, uh, and I'll repeat that again because there are some people that uh, would like to chime in on the conversation we just had. <laughs> I like one one caller. Right? I love it. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, Mike, you knew when you said oh, I no, could I score on an NHL goalie know, one-on-one. You knew there might be some pushback coming. I know. Come on. Certainly from our great uh, heartland, yeah. the United States of America. That's coming up. <laughs> I found it funny, Chris. I thought you could score on anybody. I thought that's part of your game is uh, overconfidence. You know? Yeah, when I'm playing, like if you're spotting up for three, I know that. But if you're spotting up for three, defenses sagging, nearest guys in the paint. I know they can close real fast. But let's. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm putting it in. I'm trying to be a little humble. Here. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's you know what, but it's hard to be stun- uh, humble what when you're stunting on a jumbo jumbotron, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they're professionals for a reason. We play, you know, rec league for a reason. <laughs> Where is that uh, stitched? It's over here. Oh, so It's uh, in one of these drawers. Uh, it's in a drawer? It. I mean, not in a drawer. It, was, it sat oh. up here for the longest time, and then I put it away. That's a gift from, uh, from Steven Soderbergh, by the way. Oh, hold on a second. This program. I don't know. We drop the name, pick it up. I don't care. That's who gave it to us. Got it. I got it for you. Somebody, he, he got it on, on, I think on Etsy when somebody was stitching. Yeah. Famous well, phrases. I mean, before, back in the day, Kanye had some good tweets. About it back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Stitching tweets, right? Kanye's tweets? Yeah, it was a thing back then. Yeah, yeah before, you, you know. It was a thing. Went a little off the reservation. In the early days of Twitter. All right. All right. <laughs> Rich, say, Rich, you saying that you had a quick trigger that with was, your jump shot? That was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Yeah. I honestly think <laughs> that's like your third I could get a, a shot off. That's your third one for this week so far. Your Shaka Khan, c- your What's Up, and now you got a quick trigger. What do you, what's going to happen tomorrow? What do you mean? Well, what do you, why are you going to drop tomorrow? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, the Rich Eisen Show desk is furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Um, you, you stay on hold. We are going to take your phone calls. We just had a fun chat about <laughs> what we would be able to do on a, on a diamond or a hard court or a tennis court, or in the case, Mike Del Tufo thinks he could score on an NHL goalie in a one-on-one situation. <laughs> um, so if you, if you have, I'm sure everyone has a friend saying, I could do this, I could do that. And you'd be like, get out of here. We want to hear the best one that you've had on that front. You're on this uh, day where, um, you know, not much is going on uh, in the world of sports. But what went down yesterday on Capitol Hill is something I want to talk about right now. The U.S. Senate Subcommittee of Homeland Security was looking into the H, uh, the uh, the Live and PGA Tour relationship. And here to talk about this back here on the Rich Eisen Show from No Laying Up, the terrific website that uh, covers the world of golf. Great podcast as well. Kevin Van Valkenburg back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Kevin? 
Uh, Rich, I'm a little tired. Uh, okay. My gray, my beard is a little grayer from all this stuff, but uh, hanging in there. It seems like every week there's another uh, nuclear bomb dropped in the world of golf, but we're still trying to sort it through and figure it out. Okay, a nice document drop uh, from uh, the U.S. Senate Subcommittee on uh, Homeland Security, which is something I'm sure you never <laughs> thought would be associated with the conversation about the PGA Tour. Uh, what did you learn yesterday? Anything new? Well, I think we learned that um, both sides, particularly Liv, wanted a lot of things uh, and and asked for kind of some pie-in-the-sky requests that not even the PGA Tour could ever possibly meet, uh, like giving Yasser El-Ramayan a green jacket to be a member of Augusta National. Uh, That's, I mean, tell you right now, I think with full confidence that that is extremely unlikely to happen, nor could the PGA Tour grant that if it wanted so things like that, um, you know, that they wanted Tiger and Rory to play in 10 live events, that they wanted to have this sort of international showcase of golf, uh, that they, you know, resisted any sort of control over the PGA Tour determining the fate of live. The PGA Tour obviously tried several times to push back on it. And mostly what we learned uh, was that they're still figuring out how this agreement is going to look going forward. I mean, I think... For as much as um, there was sort of bluster in the hearing that went on, the real juice was sort of in the documents. And ultimately, I think what we can sort of say is that the only things that have been truly agreed on right now, agreed upon right now, are that they're going to drop litigation against each other and that they're not going to sort of try to steal away players uh, that live for, for the moment. Uh, that's all that we can say definitively. The rest of it, as they say, is still uh, to be determined. Yes, a lot of bluster, obviously, as there always is in uh, in Capitol Hill hearings. And, you know, it's it's not news, as you would know, Kevin, I'm sure, uh, that when there's a negotiation in anything, um, if, if you have a, a, a paper trail of asks uh, released, some of these YOLO moments will definitely jump out at you no matter no matter what. But The question I'm wondering about is a side agreement that is there a side agreement to the agreement that is only an agreement to agree, as uh, Jimmy Dunn said yesterday, that says Greg Norman is out. What, What is that one all about, Kevin? So it seemed very much like the the people involved were sort of confusing um, what this part of the proposal was the best of both worlds with like side agreements it, right. it's i'd say it's unlikely that greg norman has a position similar to what he has going forward part of what sort of was discussed in the documents was the pg tour wanted to push norman out and basically said you know he could be just sort of moved into an advisory role the piff pushed back against that so they're not going to really agree to that uh and then during the hearing uh you know they were sort of asked you know, what what role will Norman have, essentially? And, you know, they said, well, Ron Price said, I, they were thinking we're going to basically phase that position out. So I don't know that uh, if I were Greg Norman, I would certainly be worried uh, about what the sort of loyalty is to him going forward. But I think the fairness to Greg Norman, you have to say that the PIF and Liv hasn't sort of agreed to throw him under the bus and basically be like, all right, well, we'll, we'll get you out to sort of get whatever we want at this moment. That was certainly something the PGA Tour wants and will probably still pursue. 
But as of right now, that is not to say that there's like an agreement between them to, to kick him out. Okay, so then what is there an agreement uh, on Kevin Van Valkenburg of no laying up here on the Rich Eisen Show, my colleague uh, from uh, ESPN uh, back in the day. So let's let's talk about this a little bit, Kevin. Um, yeah. You know, because I, I was stunned to see that this is a quote uh, directly from Jimmy Dunn, who was involved in the, these negotiations, um, high level, nonstop, back and forth. There is no quote. There is no merger. There is no deal. There is simply an agreement to try to get an agreement. So what is there between the PGA Tour and Live Tours right now, Kevin? I think really? what you could say is there's an understanding that the Saudis were determined to potentially dump another five billion dollars into Live and to sort of essentially get a seat at the table. I think the best like description that I've sort of heard about this. Uh, is like if you were gonna if you decided Rich that you wanted to be involved in professional football, mm-hmm. would you rather like start your own professional football league or would you rather just buy a professional football team within the NFL? Like that's ultimately what I think the Saudis decided, which was you know it's been fine like trying to start up this whole deal and like obviously we have some ideas that we think would benefit probably based off of some of the Formula One model or the cricket model. But ultimately, like, if we could just buy our own kind of portion of this, that would be a much better uh, fit for us and probably less of a headache. Uh, and so I think what both sides have agreed to is that the Saudis were not going to quit easily. Uh, I do think that the PGA Tour probably painted itself a little bit in sort of like its financial situation a little more dire than it truly is just because they know, like, if this doesn't go through – they're in a lot of trouble that they're kind of screwed. Uh, so I think that, you know, they've all kind of agreed on that, that it, it would be best if they worked together. And, you know, that seemed to be, you know, Senator Johnson's uh, from Wisconsin, his sort of feelings of like, why don't we just let these guys figure this out? Like, let's, let's let them kind of sort it out. We don't need the government sort of in there. And Senator Blumenthal was basically, who's he's been a pretty consistent critic on Saudi influence stuff. It's been one of the, you know, senators who's you know who can't really play the you don't play the what about game with him because he's sort of been outspoken. We shouldn't be selling arms to the Saudis. Like we shouldn't be involved in letting them have as much influence in our society about basic things. So that's what they would say the main takeaways are is that they want to kind of figure this out and they want to play nice because they're realizing the Yasser doesn't want to get deposed and the PGA Tour doesn't want to be bled dry in further like legal disputes or you know, pouring the next $5 billion into the future of live. So then what are the next steps? Certainly from the PGA tour, let's take it one step at a time here, Kevin, because during, during the hearing yesterday, uh, a member of the group that represents nine 11 families dropped a document right in the middle of the two PGA tour representatives sitting at the table during their testimony. Uh, And that Mm -hmm. document apparently documents how the Saudi Arabians did, in fact, commit uh, the atrocity on Jamal Khashoggi and obviously did have a role in 9-11. And, you know, Jimmy Dunn has uh, a personal history involving with 9-11 where we, we all know what happened to him and people who he knows and worked with on, the, on that day. Um, what does yesterday leave the where does yesterday leave the PGA tour, Kevin? I think it probably leaves the PGA Tour in just kind of having to, uh, you know, it's part of my phrase, like, eat. like they're going to have to sort of 
over and over just basically be like, yep, like we know that we look like hypocrites on some of this moral stuff because we took a tactic of saying, you know, do you ever have to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? And now we're saying we'll work with these people. And there really isn't a good answer. There's never a good answer if you're starting trying to defend like working with people who commit human rights abuses. There's no way that it's going to sort of like be razzle-dazzled away. And I think, you know, the the truth of it is is they're just not going to be able to come up with a good explanation other than we were kind of in a position where we had no choice. And so I think what the future of it going forward is that, you know, what what one of the things that Jimmy Dunn was sort of pretty adamant about is like we won't agree to any agreement where the PGA Tour doesn't have control going forward. Well, what does control look like? You know, if you look in one of my colleagues, Chris Solomon, did some sort of digging in the documents where you can actually go in and see the like Microsoft Word track changes to how they were sort of tug of warring back and forth with the documents. And one of the main things that they're arguing over is like veto power of whether, you know, the PGA Tour will be able to determine the future of live and whether, you know, they'll have veto rights to sort of block, you know, certain decisions that, you know, Yasser could, he's going to be outvoted in this sort of board that they put together and whether he'll have the sort of veto rights to say like, no, that that's not something we want to move forward with. They, right now, all they've agreed upon is that they're going to try to figure that stuff out. Hmm. But within the negotiations broadly, they have so much stuff to figure out. Veto rights, whether the players who didn't go to live will be compensated in some way for their loyalty, you know, how many sort of fall events or team events they could sort of get these guys to be interested in. They didn't even talk about like this, the future of the TGL stuff with, you know, Rory and Tiger have this sort of indoor golf league coming in that the PGA Tour owns a portion of that would be sort of rolled in to the larger aspects of that. Like, can you make Rory and Tiger sort of participate in some, you know, live affiliated thing through that? It's all really going to be, uh, I think, intense negotiations and the the clock is sort of through the end of the year. Like they have to figure this out by December 31st or we just kind of reset going back to where Liv competes again with their bottomless bucket of money and the PG Tour has to figure out whether they can go and get private equity money and sort of try to fight it that way. And Jay Monahan returns on Friday, right? From his uh, health sabbatical? I think... Jay Monahan, I, I think I feel fairly confident in saying this. Like his future is sort of TBD, and if this doesn't go through, I'm not sure how he can still be your commissioner. If you're, I mean, the PJ Tour has for years kind of said we're a player-run organization, uh, and all of this negotiation was essentially done without the players' involvement. And so, I know from talking to some of the players that they're pissed and they don't really know if they want to go along with this, not because they don't necessarily think that it's a, you know, a good deal for them financially, which it most likely will be, but because they feel sort of, you know, powerless in all this and lied to and misled by their own membership. And even though like they elect the people, they empower the people who are on the board to sort of make these decisions, it still feels a little bit of anger of like, yeah, my future is being determined without me really having any input on the front end. And so, you know, is Jay your guy that you want to sort of have, you know, in control going forward when he's the guy who in a lot of ways was at the, you know, at the helm of the ship when all of this opening for live was created? I think those are very real questions that 
you know, their players are going to want to ask going forward. Well, I mean, are all the players feeling that way? Because, I mean, there's no PGA Tour Players Association, right? There's no Players Union. So, right. um, I'm, I'm wondering. Question. I don't know, to be honest. Like, I think some of the top players are feeling different from some of the sort of bottom level players. Like, mm-hmm. But some of the player board policy board members, Peter Malnati is, you know, very much a, a middling kind of tour player. And mm-hmm. he's been sort of you know, outspoken about like, I, I have some moral conflict of this, but I also understand that like, I'm not speaking just necessarily for myself. I'm trying to look at this broadly for like, what's good for the future of the PGA tour. I think like with anything, you know, even within unions, whether we've seen it with the NFL, with the MLB, you know, player association that they have a hard time agreeing on what's a good deal for their futures. And they're supposed to, you know, fight collectively as a, as, as one, voice in one body so i think you'll see you know over the next few months like a lot there'll be some people who are outspoken about i think this is a terrible deal i think we should start our own you know breakaway league or some you know half thought out idea that that either you know it does come to fruition or doesn't but there's a lot of players who i think don't really quite grasp the amount of difficulty and negotiation that goes into this larger stuff, but they also still have rights in that sense because they're the product. They're the thing that provides value going forward. All in time for the Open Championship week at Royal Liverpool next week with the defending truly, champion Cam Smith of the Live Tour. Be a spectacle, yeah. Right. You know, what do you think is going to happen next week, Kevin? What's that going to look like? What do you got for me there? Um, I mean, gosh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if like, we got a Cam Smith-Rory sort of showdown again. I okay. mean, these two... Uh, forces kind of representing different sides of this divide. You know, some of the animosity uh, has faded between some of the two sides. They're kind of resigned to the fact that they'll be back together in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I, Phil Mixon didn't do any really talking at the U.S. Open, uh, even though the sort of framework has, had come out. And, he was selling capes at Valderrama, though, Kevin, talking about how kids yeah. are going to be running around the course in 2025 <laughs> and 2026 on the Live Tour wearing capes, having fun, family but event. There's, you know, there's, like any, to... there's anything to get Tiger back. It's the idea of wearing a cape, man, right? Like just uh, have him out there, you know, playing meaningless golf in a, in a cape. I love that, that for him. No, I mean, it's. I'm sure. Uh, hopeful, hopefully, Phil will sort of be willing to talk and share uh, his thoughts. He keeps sort of, you know, saying, oh, well, they'll, "All in good time, it'll come out. There'll be a time for me to address this." And uh, you know, he just uh, hasn't quite gotten there yet. So, last ones for you, uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg. Uh, no laying up um, right here on the Rich Eisen show. Just real. I, I just want to linger on the best of all worlds, best of both worlds. Uh, you know, Yolo asks. 10 events for Tiger Woods, just any events. It doesn't have to be live, PGA Tour, just 10 rounds of golf for, for Tiger. 10 rounds? What, I mean, what? what yeah. What? We'll be lucky we'll out here. if we get 10 rounds from Tiger in the next five years. Of course. Uh, or or, 10, or 10 ever. Events, whatever. Right? So, like ever. I, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think Tiger very much has to look at some of this stuff and be, see some frustration of that. Like, nobody owns me, and I'm being used as, like, a bargaining chip in some of this stuff. Like, obviously, a lot of it is, like, just pie-in-the-sky requests from Liv, who, you know, even, you know, if you're asking, if you're thinking that Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy are going to play 10 events for Liv, and that's part of your initial proposal, you aren't reading the room particularly well. You might think that, like, oh, I'm going to come in with, like, a really bold position, 
But like even the PG Tour doesn't have the power to make them do that. Like Tiger could basically say like pound sand. I don't really. I'm not going to play any more tournaments again. So I think they're going to have to kind of be more realistic. And Tiger's going to be the person who sort of determines like if he ever plays in anything other than the majors or the Genesis, his own tournament again. I'd be surprised. And um, how does one? Let's talk about Fight Club a little bit. Ask for a green jacket. How how did did someone go? (laughs) Like go go up to Fred Ridley and say, Fred, listen, uh, golf's in trouble, and yeah. you have a garment that can help uh, make it happen for for Yasser. Yeah. And does is is that a is that a, truly a process that that exists on planet Earth or or what, uh, Kevin? I don't believe so. I mean, the process in general is secretive, but the understanding that has always been out there is if you ask, that you basically like punt back your even eligibility for it, like <laughs> it's like fight club you know? it's like fight club right Bill, you you Bill can't Gates, when he was the most the richest man by far in the world right desperately wanted to be a member of augusta national and they made him wait you know he is a member now but they made him wait like at least five years i think because he asked because he wanted to <laughs> that's always sort of been the you know legend going around and so you know i think it, it's it's not like they have a a meeting, I think, where they sit and sort of mull it over, and like Peyton Manning gets a vote, Spurrier yeah. gets a vote, right. stuff like that. Yeah, you know, the the sort of high level people would sort of see is this in Augusta's best interest? Augusta has always understood that they can function above all of it, and they don't have to bend to anyone's you know needs or wants. And so, there's no chance that like the PGA Tour could basically say, "Hey, can you do it?" solid on this and, and bring this in because I guarantee there's membership there that would be like, hell no. I mean, I've heard all kinds of interesting stories about how one member wanted this, but he happened to be, you know, uh, a Georgia football fan. And there was a bunch of South Carolina fans who kept him out of there. <laughs> this isn't the kind of thing wow. that, you know, it happens very easily for uh, anyone who, regardless of having, billions of dollars. And one of the things that I'm fascinated about is like, yes. can you imagine if you're Mohammed bin Salman and you are, you know, kind of following the news here and there, like he's, he's been westernized in a lot of ways. And so is he like scrolling through Twitter yesterday and being like, wait a minute, my guy spent like how much money, like all hoping to be a member of like Augusta national, like the, I, I was like $4 billion of our country's money that just basically was towards this end goal. So. Yeah, but you could also, you know, you know, Yasser could push back and say, "I wanted uh, an RNA member, you know, membership yeah. too." So, uh, you know, he, he was, you know, scaling up. You know what I mean? It wasn't all yeah. just for the jacket. You know, sure. uh, I think we can, you know, we can figure out a Muirfield membership. Maybe, yeah, you know, Turnberry, figure it out, make that happen. But, yeah, you know, it's, I guess the, it's probably not. Maybe just said morning tea time at St Andrews, like every uh, once a month, maybe. So Yasser <laughs> didn't get it sent a Zoom link by the membership committee at Augusta National and 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 have a chat. That didn't happen from any of this. <laughs> not that but, I, not that I would imagine. Okay. Much, but you know, who knows? Well, who I'll, knows? I'll keep my eyes peeled on no laying up for that information. Uh, Kevin, thanks as always. Uh, look for more of my calls whenever this stuff happens. I greatly appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. Editorial director of No Laying Up, Kevin Van Valkenburg, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> you know? It's all wild. I mean, get him a green jacket. Can we, do you know anybody can get you a green jacket? Probably find one at my local uh, tailor. Macy's or something. I got one left. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> $4 billion for an Augusta membership. Is that all it costs? Well, he, 
they I just found that fascinating that they found out the Saudis were going to put five billion dollars more in live. So we got to make a deal. Which still doesn't exist. It's it's an agreement to get an agreement. Get an agreement when are they right. going to start agreeing to stuff? I don't know. But that might have to be our fantasy team. Agreement to get an agreement? Yeah, agreement to get an agreement. <laughs> I like it the best of all worlds. Best of all worlds. Best of all worlds. Best of all worlds. That is my favorite. 844 rich number to dial. Every phone line is lit. <laughs> Say Fantastic. stuff. Like that should be your boat name, honestly. Best of all worlds. Best of all worlds. That's a uh, better boat name. That's a great boat Stu Gots. Come on. Come on. Stu Gots is We'll take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Yes, indeed. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, everybody. What was the first cordless phone you had? Oh, growing yeah, up, we remember that? I don't. I don't remember. With the we antenna? always had a cord, a corded phone in our house, I believe. But you don't remember when you got a cordless one, and you had to pull the antenna. Antenna, yeah, pull, pull the antenna. And if you yeah. broke the antenna, throw the phone out. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. It was pretty much worthless. After cordless, that. yeah. I think we had one in 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 our Staten Island home, I believe. Why is there a story around no, this? No, just, no, it's a no. Cordless no. phone no, day. Just, uh, Today's brown bag day, right? National brown bag day. Yeah, brown paper yeah. bag day. Brown paper. What bag else? You were going, through, you were going I, I, through the days. What, what else? No, was stop, there? stop, stop for a second. Oh, I like uh, the well, days. Who, who, who decides? And who forces? Who's, who's like pounding the table Remember, for Rich, brown we've, paper we've bags? We've talked about this over the years. We, you can petition whatever the national day board is, and you can get anything a day. Yeah. So, what do you want to do? <laughs> We got to get a day. Well, we just have to decide what we want our day to be. Well, what would our day be? But it can't be anything that's already there. That right which now. means you got to do a lot of research. Because there's a thousand yeah, there's days. A thou- there's, yeah, there's like eight or nine a day. A day, yeah. For the day. There used to be one. Like it was National Pizza Day. Yeah. Now it's. Well, a, I, get it. That I, mean, was like, I would figure that's taken. Oh, I would. 
How do we decide what National Pizza Day is? Every day is National Pizza Day. But now there's like a National Pineapple on Pizza Day. National not. Actually, we talked about this. Today is National Pecan Pie Day. Today? Pecan Day. So do you say pecan or pecan? We're having that discussion. National Different Colored Eyes Day. Shout out to Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Shout out to Max Scherzer. National Simplicity Day. Yep. Eat Your Jello Day. Yeah. Paper Bag Day. We got to think of one of these. Shout out to the unknown comment. Yeah. And then tomorrow is Beans and Franks Day. Hey, Franks. Franks. We should get W. Earl Brown on, right? <laughs> we should get the actor W. Earl Brown Barbershop Music Appreciation Day. Oh. oh, Delaware Day. Shout out the first state. First state. Oh, my God. What doesn't have a day? <laughs> Wait, back us. here on the Rich Eisen Show. Rich Eisen Show back here on. And what was the first okay, the way, day that this show was on air? Um, November, October uh, something. October right, October. Okay. So that should be the, the official day. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz just dispatched with uh, Holger Rune of Denmark. God bless you. Uh, there was uh, nothing rotten with uh, with uh, Carlos's game. It's a Shakespearean <laughs> hey. reference. There's something wrong. He beat him in straight sets, but uh, this Dane got points off him, and I I was just wondering would I be able to get a single point off of Carlos Alcaraz? A single point, and Del Tufo says he could get. This is this is what I think lit the phone lines up more than anything else. You could lace up skates, and in a one on one gets to go. Penalty shot situation with a National Hockey League goalie. You could light the lamp. You believe this? I said I could. I okay. said I could. Right. I'd have to trade. And phone lines have lit. The, you got to uh, take. Let's go to Tom in Cincinnati. Uh, what's up, Tom? What? That's four. Yep. Line four. Oh, what's up, God. Tom? You there, Tom? Yeah, yeah. Yep. He's, hey. He's up. Yeah, Kyle, Cincinnati. Hey, oh, Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. Hey, where did yeah, Tom come Mike, from? I love you, man. <laughs> You're great, but also there is no way we run a recreational hockey league here, Company Street Hockey League, also Cincinnati based. But also, man, you couldn't even score on a rec goalie out here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way that you are in any chance going to be able to put one in on an NHL goalie on a breakaway. Those guys are so good. It is phenomenal. I know. But, I, I, I was, you know, I'm talking. I don't know. I mean, maybe a little, uh, you, you put it on there. Uh, you just put well, it on net, you know, top shelf. Maybe, but I, you know, I don't know how to skate, Mike. So, I, yeah. Mike, see. give him a quality assessment. Give Kyle. By the way, well, sorry, I haven't been Kyle. on skates. I haven't been on skates in a long time. I was more oh, joking okay. about that. Well, anytime you're back out in Cincinnati, man, feel free to come down and uh, yeah, you try to score one of our rec goalies, and uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, yeah, good. Stop, thank you. Uh, we, All right, by the way, guys. I do Thanks, believe Bob, we have man. a photograph of the last Thanks, time Del Tufo was on look skates. At look at that. <laughs> that guy could score. Wow, look at that lid. Look there. at that hair. By the way, that's very Nick Fatio look right there. By the way, he those like are lacrosse gloves. Because, you ready for this one? Left <laughs> my regular gloves at home. One of my friends right. had those in his car. Right. My, I still get mocked out by my brother. How many goals okay. did you score that season, Mike? I had a hat trick on one. Hey! On one. What a night. Shift. One shift? St. Peter's. Wow, it's like Ellie De La Cruz I with three stolen bases on two pitches. So in like that. 90 seconds, you had a three goals? It was We were more than 90. What are you, Wayne Gretzky? I, I, I Three goals, one shift. The goalie. Hat trick. Like, by the way, wow. goalie was not good in that. I, I would, I would I mean, proper to yeah, say. It sounds like I think like, that goalie quit the game. Like, yeah. <laughs> was it an empty net situation? No, 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 it was just good. Which one? Uh, let's go to let's go to uh, okay. Jay in Los Angeles. Yeah, Jay. Hey, what's Jay, up? What's up? What's up, Jay? Hey, what's up, guys? Sounds hey, like Jason Feller. It's Feller, and it's not Friday. Uh, Feller, we we mentioned your name. Uh, we invoked it earlier. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> 
I was in a company meeting, but I had to cut it short when I heard uh, the delusions of Mike just now. Okay, what do you got? Uh, I think I have a better chance at having Taylor Swift write a breakup song about me than Mike ever. <laughs> I like. You, I like that Sally. line. Well done. Yeah, I like that you line. Win. Yeah, unless unless fifty year old Mike is better than I was at seventeen, never scoring on the professional goalies I met, it's not happening. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Happy paper brown, brown paper day bag. I'm going to the liquor store. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Jay Feller. Jay Feller checking in. Wow. He can't quit well us. Done. We can't quit him. Very broke we'll back see you Friday, bro. There. Wow. Jay Feller. You want to amend it? <laughs> no, yeah, Mike. Mike, I, I, Mike, I, I, Mike, Mike. Double down. He's already I, backing I, down. Double right. down, Mike. I backed it. You know me. Double I'm down. I'm a flop guy. I'm not going to I still think. You got to connect. The, the I could get a point off of Alcaraz. I could time it at some point. I could time it, get a serve going, and he'd have to unforce error or something like that. Or just the fact that you returned one. He's so stunned. He's stunned. He just like, what? Yeah, wait, wait a and minute. I just I just aced him 50 right. times in a row. He's a what? Right. Yeah. And I'd say I'd, I'd give it third game, second set where I could time one up. Because <laughs> he's now okay. I'm up two zero. This guy has he's up two zero. He's up two zero. He just broke my serve. Right. He's serving again to go up three zero. Second set. I think maybe that's where I could start timing it up and return. What would your strategy be? Are you going to try to like hang back and attempt to rally, or would you kind of crash the net and serve and volley? Should I call my tennis coach and get him on the air and ask him this question? Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. See if he's available. Is this a- FaceTime situation? No, with no, I'd call him during the break and see if he would do it and come on and talk about it. 100%. I think that's worth a few minutes of our time. Okay. I'll call him up. He knows my game very well. Familiar. <laughs> I would stay tuned for hour number three if I were you. 844 Rich, number to dial here on the program. Yeah, because sometimes on occasion I will, you know, he'll just, you know, just lightly hit with me and then I will uncork a forehand that dots the back corner right mm-hmm. and then he'll look at me and he'll just just he'll you know he'll clap you know he'll clap his racket and then next one he'll just you know put it in to start rallying and then I'll I'll hit one and hit a winner up the line just to and then he'll look at me and then the next time I'll just send it back and he will just legitimately try to hit it hard and then just smack it. And I don't have a shot. Like right. I can't even move in one direction or the other. And he'll kind of look at me and I'll say to him, you feel better? <laughs> like, like his competitive right. spirit will be like, all right. Okay, come on, man. He's got two on me. I'm I gave him one little clap. Another one, here. he did it again. Like, great shot. And then just remind me of how far I am from actually getting to the point of being competitive. Which breaks my spirit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Can I get a point off of Carlos Alcaraz? <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. I'm going to call. <laughs> and then we'll take your phone calls. 844-204-H, number to dial. Oh, there it is right there. Very nice, see? <laughs> oh, my top five jet moments I want to see in, on uh, Hard Knocks. That's oh. coming up. Oh, baby. <laughs> Look at that. Hey. Hey.